Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with none other. I, you know, it, it pains me that I can't call you the Flying Hawaiian anymore. What, what can I call you? Uh, not your partner in crime. Apparently, you're dude. out there doing jobs all by yourself, Bro. man. For two people, dude. Bro, it it was a two man job, but I the spirit of you carried me through is what ended up happening, man. It feels good to be back. I feel like we haven't recorded. And weeks, Trey Van Buskirk. I missed you, man. I missed you. Dude, I miss fights. I miss talking to you. I miss pay-per-views, dude. That's what I miss. Yeah, it is a big pay-per-view weekend. Thankfully, man, it feels so good to be back on the pay-per-view side of things. I freaking love the idea of a full-size octagon. I love the idea of a full a full arena. I just want to touch on some things real quick. Can we brag on ourselves for a split second? <laughs> okay, go for it. Dude, I, I did that commentary gig this weekend for Ram FC. It yeah. was at capacity. It was awesome. Question for you. Yeah. How many people were wearing masks? No one. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. No, I, I, I'll say this. I probably saw um, – so estimate as far as ticket sales were concerned was about 1,500 people. Um, I'd say there's probably closer to about 1,200 there realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I saw probably two dozen people wearing masks. Yeah, that's cool. Do you walk by them and just go pussy? I mean, look, here's my thing though. Here's my thing with that. If you want to wear one, that's on you. I just don't like when the government tells me I have to do it. Right. That's my right. only problem. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. When I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan back in 2007, um, no, 2004 through 2007, people wore masks there all the time. Nobody cared. Like you just do, do whatever you want to do. I'm not a I'm not a pro mask anti mask. I just don't like the government telling me what I can and can't do. It's not your place, you know. Maintain my roads. That's about it. That's all I really care about. If you do that, we're good to go. I'll stay the hell out of my business. That's my so, political rant for the day. Well, so when you go to a crosswalk, do you hit the button or you just kind of say "fuck it"? I'm walking. Um, I usually just walk. I kind of do my own thing, man. To be honest you're with you, such a you're such a legend, dude. You just yeah. you run by your own rules. You little lone wolf, you. I'm just saying, why, why, why would I do that? Um, I, I don't understand. Are you going to tell me when I can and can't cross the street? That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's safety 101, dude. You that's fine. Let, allow me to be safe. Don't don't punish me monetarily because I didn't cross the street when you deemed it was safe for me. That's bull crap. All right. We're going to go down some rabbit holes if we keep going here, dude. All right. Before we go down a rabbit hole, um, 
Actually, I, I, you know, I got I got busted for jaywalking during a parade once because I was like, I don't feel like waiting for the the band to go by, and I just walked through them, and the cops were not happy about that. The band uh, was on the field. They were. They had just passed, and then I just went behind <laughs> them, and they were not happy about it. There you go. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna bring my microphone up to my eye like a cyclops for a split second because I, I'm I'm gonna chug a beer. Um, a longtime listener, watcher of the show, and prize winner guys actually won uh something off of us before goes by the instagram handle a guy who loves beer uh he is present in the chat he's currently doing a giveaway and he's doing our kind of giveaway trade he's giving away beer so it gets no better than that um i know you have a frosty beverage at hand do you not and that's funny you say that because i love beer right so for the next 14 hours on his Instagram, if you go and chug a beer and tag him in it, I got at a guy who loves beer. Go ahead and tag him in it. Send him the chug video. I think it's five entries into his giveaway, and he's giving away a ton of like all kinds of craft beer. So um, I didn't want to do it on Instagram. I wanted to wait because it's been a while since I've been with you, and I wanted to uh, share a cold beverage with you. So would you do me the honor of a double chug? Yeah, I um, I feel a fraud. I'm like a halfway through this beer, but yeah, for sure you'll probably still beat me. Which I was to say I'll probably still beat you. So <laughs> um, this is ice cold joggling board lager from Oak Road Brewery here in Somerville, South Carolina. So shout out to Oak Road. All right, you ready? Do it. All right. Dude, I lied. That was like three quarters full for sure. <clears throat> what happened? I just celebrated my birthday. Oh, man, dude, that was full. I was. Oh, you're just finishing. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, we were. A... I, I lied, dude. That was. A... <laughs> I was chugging a seltzer too. I'm. I'm such a bitch. I'm such a bitch. <laughs> well, so here's this. No, I think. I think actually the seltzer counts more because it was like you tried to chug static. So uh, that counts more for sure. Don't worry about it. You're cool. good. Um. So here's the thing, right? I want to talk about this split second. We're going to break down this card because I know you said you have 59 minutes and not a minute over. So we've got to be fast. Let's go. Commentating fights this weekend was one of the most, I don't want to say difficult, but one of the most difficult media things I think I've ever done. That job is incredibly difficult. And to see yeah. a polished product like what you get, UFC, even Bellator to an extent, 1FC, all that stuff, is wild yeah. how much time, preparation, repetition goes into that. Um, I literally was kind of swinging for the fences. I did okay, I think. I don't know. But realistically, I've tried to watch it a couple times. I turned it off. I thought it sounded awful. But some people thought it was good. Some people thought it was bad. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about me. I'm just going to say this. It's a very it's a very difficult job. It's way harder than just sitting down and talking about fights. And uh, it's definitely a two-person job. So I need you, July 10th, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, Ram FC doing another event. I need you. I need you. I need you to commit a hard commitment from you on air right now, July 10th. I need it right now. Commit. Commit. It's done. It's done, dude. I already started whitening my teeth. I'm ready to go. I don't even know what that means, but okay. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So right. hard commit. You you committed? I'm I'm in, dude. All right. July, July, 10th. July 10th. All right. Excellent. Excited now. Now the I'm Connor card, dude. Why not? Oh my gosh, is that the weekend of the Connor fight? Of course. Dude, I don't know if I can do it. We have to watch that fight. I can't call fights on the night that Connor fights. Or we just get really hopped up on Jameson and we call the fights. Oh boy, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Kind of like where your head's at. Uh we might have to talk to we might have to talk to the boys of Ram FC. We might have to switch things up a bit. That's a little bit that's 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 a double booking. 
Um, that's a double booking of epic proportions. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, damn it. Okay. We're going to have to figure that out. Anyway, let's move right along. Let's break this thing down, man. UFC 262. 262. Oliver versus Chandler. Ready for. We're going to have the crowning of the 10th lightweight champion in promotional history. I've got some strong opinions about oh. this fight card. Hold on, Dale. Back up, back up, back up, back real quick. UFC 262. Do you want to tell me something that you like to chew before we get into 262? Yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, I could, but I was going to I was gonna save it for later, but I'll do it right now. Um, yeah, prior to us getting ready, I saw that you were cooking some chicken. I had some Wagyu beef uh, from Stay Classy, and I went ahead. Here's the thing. I'm watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay videos. He calls, he calls ground beef mince. Okay. I think I'm going to bar it. I think I'm going to steal it. I think I had some ground Wagyu mints tonight. Uh, I chopped up a little green pepper, chopped up a little onion, boom, 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 a little salt, pepper, paprika, went at it, man. And I just literally, like a savage, just ate Wagyu mints with some veggies, man. That's what I had for dinner. Mints. Last week you are having salad. Now you're using paprika. I'm, I'm going to say it again, dude. This is pretty gay. Well, here's the <laughs> Such a weird way to put that. Also, uh, I'm Hungarian, and the official spice of Hungary is paprika. So that stuff is in my blood. So I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, my ancestors fought, died, and bled for paprika. So come <laughs> okay. at me, bro. Yeah. Nothing like some good time on your chicken, dude, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's not my speed. You do what you want. Uh, so, yeah. I will say this, though, before we get into this. Uh Episode 300 of the Anakin Florian podcast is out right now. Uh, shout out to those guys. They continue to promote us, and I appreciate that very much. But you may have noticed something a little interesting if you watched episode 300 of the Anakin Florian podcast. What would that interesting thing be? It's like, where's Waldo at this point? What was the interesting thing you saw? It wasn't like, where's Waldo, though? It was broadcasted dead center on the 300th episode, and that was John Anik wearing an Allegiance shirt. And this is the thing is, Dale, I'm sorry, do we pay John Anik to wear Allegiance? I don't have um, I don't have the money to pay him. I can pay some people, but I can't pay him. No, and I spent my stimulus I spent my stimulus check, dude. It is gone. Mm -hmm. Um he was rocking Allegiance clothing. He knows that it's the best material, it's the best fit and most badass logos, and it's veteran owned. Guys, if you want to own something as radical as John Anik was wearing on his 300th episode today on the Anik and Florian podcast. All you've got to do is go to, go to allegiancecoding.com, type of the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off site-wide. Allegiancecoding.com, PUNCH, 15% off. Oh, yeah. I didn't even do the stay classy thing. Promo code FIST, save you 10%. I'm just – I'm all over the place. I want to talk about fights so bad that I got off track about the the, uh, the ad read there. Okay. Let's get into it, dude. I my, my picks are all over the board, but you know what? This is one of those cards that I either put together the perfect bet slip or I run to the hills because I'm not going to pay my bookie. You're not going to pay him at all? All right, man. First fight of the main card, is it Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Bontorin? You are correct. All right, Matt. Danger Schnell at 15-5, and five, taking on Rogerio Bontorin at 16-3. and three. I think that we have to do the banners for this because if I'm not mistaken, Jake is in bad shape as far as Wi-Fi goes. Is he um, high? No, he's not high. Well, he might be, but that's not what we're dealing with tonight. 
So here we go. I got it. Rogerio Bontarine at plus 140. Matt Schnell at a minus 160. Over on our rounds is at two and a half. And I want to pay quick note to the astute uh, chat here where somebody said, guess what? Um, we're back in front of a crowd, so unders should be in play. And I yes. like under two and a half in this fight. Matt Schnell, power in his hands, good with the, good with submissions. Rogerio Bontarine, again, power in his hands. Good with submissions. Don't forget the fight with Kai Car France. He had Kai Car France in all sorts of trouble. He's really just kind of smoked himself out looking for the finish. Um, Matt Schnell has really sort of come into his own, man. He's really looked to be, I guess you'd say, a top form. I don't really know what his final form looks like, but he's on the way to seeing it. Uh, I like under two and a half here. I think that's a generous marking for the line. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And especially Matt Schnell, who's got great boxing. He's a guy that, you know, came in the UFC, was kind of a brawler. But as in, we've seen in his later years, he's, you know, deployed a little bit more patience, uh, more selective with his shots, which is great. He's able to sit down and really exercise that strength. Uh, Bontarin's going to be that guy, though, that's literally going to set it up, though his wild striking to try and utilize his BJJ. I mean, all day long, the Kai car France, I'm a little worried about that fight because he did get clipped really hardcore and this is a quick turnaround for him. So how is that going to fare for him? I think he was embarrassed because to your point, he had Kai car France in really precarious situations. So I think he wants to avenge that. You know me, man, I'm always going to go with my jiu-jitsu guys. As much as I like Matt Chanel's boxing, I think this is going to get a little bit dirty, and I think that's going to be crowd-driven. There's going to be a little bit of chaos. Someone's going to slip on a banana peel, and what's going to happen? You're going to go to the ground. Rogerio's going to have the jiu-jitsu to get a sub. I'm going to Rogerio. Um, I like the inside-the-distance play or under two and a half, but that's where I'm, I'm going to take that plus money right to start the card. Interesting. So you're going Rogerio? Yes. Okay. If I had to pick gun to my head, I'd go Matt Schnell. I feel more excited about under two and a half, though. This is a fight where I just want to see a finish. Um, I, I like your point about Bontarine being cracked in the Kai Car France fight. I do think this is a quick tur turnaround for him. But I do think somebody's jiu-jitsu is going to get the better of the situation here. Uh, it may be set up by the hands, but I do think that jiu-jitsu is probably going to be the ending factor here. May, may or may not. I don't know. Uh, under two and a half, though. That's a very generous 12 and a half minutes. I'll take it. I'll take 12 and a half minutes of these guys that have a high penchant for finishing fights, given their weight class. I'll take it, man. Uh, especially even money, right? Do I want to lay a bunch of juice with Snell at minus 160? Probably not. Do I like Bontarine at the plus money? Sure, but not enough to like really go after and really go after him. So I'll just take the under two and a half. Hope for an exciting fight. Bontarine. Maybe he comes out measured. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe we get a finish. I don't know. I like under two and a half, even money. That seems to be my play. Yeah. Love it. Love my play. Thanks, man. All right, man. This is my, I mean, I don't want to call this the people's main event because I feel like you and I are going to end up on the same side here. But, dude, if you want to talk about a fight that whenever it was booked, everybody just sat back in their chair and went, Oh, shit. <laughs> this is that fight, dude. Shane Burgos taking oh. on Edson Barboza. Oh. Shane, Bur what did you think I was talking about? Caitlin Chukagi and, and Vivian Arizo? Of course, dude. I, Every I women's fight is the people's made of that. That's true. Shane Burgos, man. Uh, Shane Burgos, 13 and 2. Edson Barboza, 21 and 9. I freaking love this fight, man. It's really hard for me to not get super excited about this. Um, oh, man, I don't know, dude. I don't know. 
Oh, yeah. Shane Burgos at a minus <laughs> one thirty nine. Edson Barboza at plus one nineteen. I oh boy. Go you go first here because I felt a certain way and now I don't know if I feel that way. Go ahead. I mean, we were talking earlier today, and you said it perfectly. Shane Burgos is a pressure guy. He's a guy that's going to move forward. He's going to be in your face. He's got great striking. He's got a super, super high volume. He loves blood, dude. That guy, I mean, he is the modern-day 2021 version of a pirate. I swear to God, if he gets performance tonight night bonus, that dude's going to be saying, Dana, don't pay me in cash. Give me the goddamn doubloons. Arr. You know, he's he's ready to go. Edson Barbosa, though, what is he known for? He's known for his, like, spinning back elbows, obviously the most devastating leg kicks that we saw in his early years in the UFC. Here's the thing, though. Everyone wants to predicate everything off their last fight, right? So when we look at Shane Burgos, he fought Josh Emmett, right? What happened to Josh Emmett's leg in the first two seconds of that fight? He blew his knee out. He blew his knee out, right? So the, the legs, the leg kicks in general were completely negated throughout that whole fight. Edson Barbosa is going to be able to mix it up, whether that's his striking, his leg kicks. I think that Shane Burgos, even though he'll probably be first, he'll cut corners of the cage, he'll move forward, which Edson Barbosa doesn't like. He likes to think about his shots. He likes to go at his own pace. I think that Shane Burgos is not going to be ready for the mix-up that's going to come from leg kicks to striking. Um, And in the later years, we've even seen him from a grappling perspective. I think Edson Barbosa is a live dog here, dude. And you cannot dismiss the quality of competition. You cannot dismiss the power that he holds and that spinning shit. I think Edson Barbosa gets it done. And I think Shane Burgos has left a bloody mess. Oh, my gosh. What a hot take, dude. I will agree with a lot of what you said here. Um, Edson Barbosa has probably faced the most lethal murderer's row yeah. of any lightweight in the, in the UFC currently, right? So Dan Ige, Paul Felder, Justin Gaethje, Dan Hooker, Kevin Lee, Khabib, Benil, Gilbert Melendez, Pettis, Tony, Felder again, Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, Cowboy Cerrone. I I, I agree. The for, former WBC champ, Jamie Varner, he's literally it's, – it's tough to find a more complete murderer's row than Edson Barboza. But the blueprint, because he's faced all of those killers, the blueprint to beat him is out. And that blueprint is pressure and blood. And if you can provide pressure and blood and do so in spades, you will beat Edson Barboza. Now, you've got to get through a fucking maelstrom of fists and feet to get to it. But if you can get to it, victory is yours. Uh, Do I think that Edson Barboza is a live dog? Of course he's a live dog. Of course he is. Um you know, it's almost criminal if you look back at the career of Edson Barboza. The man never had a title shot. There was always just some other bigger fish swimming around at the same time. It seems crazy that we never saw Edson Barboza fight for a title, and realistically, we probably never will. I don't think that that same logic applies to Shane Burgos. I think Shane Burgos can put together a nice little streak mm-hmm. and potentially taste an opportunity at a title. If he's going to do it, given his age, he's got to do it right now. And it's got to start with a guy that carries a lot of clout with his name, and that's Edson Barboza. Follow the blueprint. Pressure him. Cut angles. Hurt him early. If you can pressure Edson Barboza and hurt him with a jab, it starts to shut him down. He does not do well to people that land jabs on him. If you look at Tony Ferguson, Tony kept touching him with that jab, kept touching him. 
Edson can't get set. Edson does this thing where he has to like, he grips his gloves onto his hands before he sets up any sort of combination. Mm. He's doesn't have much of a tell on his kicks, but whenever he's going to do anything, he does have a tell and it's his stance and it's the way that he positions his hands. All you have to do. And I say this like it's some fucking easy task and it's not all you have to do is stay in his face, stay in the danger zone where he could potentially get your lights put out. But that's how you have to beat him. You have to cut the angles. You have to touch him. You have to let him know that he's in danger so that he can't think about ways to hurt you. Shane Burgos is tailor-made for that. My only problem with Shane Burgos is that he does get dropped. He is susceptible to – if when you hit him, he will fall down. Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett. And I do want to – I want to I want to go back there real quick. We had Emmett on the show, friend of the show. Do you think now, having time, and I know you did your film study for this, do you think Josh Emmett won that fight? It was close. It was close. But do you think, I mean, just, do you think Josh Emmett won that fight? I, I do. I okay. do. Well, Interesting. That's, it's the type of judging that I actually like. More significant shots is related to the damage, but the output, which Shane Burgos is known for, the volume that he put out, he had the volume and he had the output without a doubt. Okay. But Emmett laid down, sat down on his shots, and had the more devastating shots for sure. Okay. Okay. I just wanted your I just wanted your feeling on it. Um I'm going Burgos here. Burgos is my play just because I think styles make fights. He's tailor made to beat a guy like Edson Barboza, but you can't underestimate Edson Barboza. If you want a live dog, if you want a dog that's gonna fight for your money, uh, like we talk about, Edson Barboza is a dog that will fight for your money. I just kind of like Edson, Bar- or I like Shane Burgos. I just think he's tailor-made to beat a guy like Edson Barboza. Barboza needs time, space, the ability to think, and Burgos doesn't allow that. I just really, you know, hope hope and pray, sacrifices the MMA gods that Shane Burgos doesn't come out here and want to stand at range and fight Edson Barboza mm-hmm. for some reason. I hope he's smarter than that. Right. Uh, we, we shall see. All right, man. Vivian Arizal taking on your girl, Caitlin Chukagian. Mm-hmm. I know how excited you are for this mm-hmm. fight. I know how big of a Chukagian fan you are. Uh, depending on bout order, I may have got these mixed up, but it doesn't really matter. Chukagian at minus 136. Arizal at plus 116, 115. Over under on rounds. Obviously, is a two and a half. <laughs> how, how, how do you feel here, man? <laughs> Caitlin Chukagian, man. You, you love Caitlin Chukagian. Oh, my God. She is the quintessential jab queen. This is someone that's just going to pepper you, but it's going to have no pop. It's all pepper on that steak, my brother, but it's not even steak, dude. It's like tofu because there's mm. no fucking steak behind those fists, man. It's it's tofu. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. She she is someone that is just going to annoy you. She's going to utilize her range. She's going to move around the cage and just touch you all the way to a decision. When you fight someone like Caitlin Chukagan, you have to be the aggressor. It all comes down to, and the X factor in this fight is physicality. If she can come in, Vivian Arajal, and move like she does, which is very back and forth, not laterally, she can move in and utilize a little bit of her wrestling base. That's not where her traits lie, but she does have a wrestling base. If she can move in, make it a little bit ugly, possibly get Caitlin down to the mat, I think that the ground and pound and air jowl is actually going to work a little bit better than Caitlin on the feet. I think the air jowl has not maybe the most technical striking like Caitlin Chukagan is going to have, but she has enough to get by and she has enough to close the distance and get this to the ground. If she does that, she has a path to victory. 
Kaylin Chukagan, if you're going to play her, play her by decision. Um, but I like Arajal in this fight because I like the aggressor. I think like, well, like we said, in a live crowd, you got to play the under, even in women's fights, because the energy is there, the weight, the pressure, all that. So I'm going to take Vivian in this fight and I'm going to take it by sub, dude. I know that Caitlin Chikagian's got a black belt. I know arajal has got a black belt. I know that it's really tough in women's fights to actually get subs unless there's a mass discrepancy. But I think Arajal with the aggression, the ground and pound she can deploy, she can get this thing done. And I think it's going to be by submission. And it's going to be definitely under two and a half. Under two and a half is at a plus 325. Mm, this is the one. Dude, Caitlin, it's, what did you say like? 10 episodes ago she has been talking about having babies since fucking 2000 She's she been has been one foot out of the octagon for 10 years she is one foot out the door she is one foot out the door she's one bad loss away she's one damaging loss away from just calling it a day and getting barefoot and pregnant man and I, I'm, I'm here for it you do what you want to do you know what i mean um celebrate mother's day next year get it started get it get it started on sunday uh, go out there, get tapped out by Vivian Arajal. I'm I'm all for it. Under two and a half. Statistically speaking, that's a terrible play. But <laughs> I'm just respectfully, that's retarded, Trent. <laughs> dude, again with the hard R's, man. We're just we're getting canceled. Um, so if we do anything with this, right? Uh, we've been betting women's under, or we've been betting women's underdogs, and it's done it's done very well for us. Um, Here's here's the thing though is statistically speaking for those of you that are like want to be stats guys that's a terrible play right Chukagian by decision is the play yeah. uh, or, or Airjob if you feel so inclined but it's by decision right uh, under under two and a half not advisable but plus three twenty five on anything can happen Saturday night UFC two sixty two in Houston Texas I'm all for it man let's 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 get dangerous here man let's pull our tits out plus three twenty five <laughs> man let's get it. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. I'm going to go Chukagian, not Arajal, <laughs> not Arajal, but I, I, I love, I'll go under two and a half. Yeah. I don't just, care. just for the record, I'm going Chukagian by decision, but, just, but just, let's get wild. <laughs> all right. Go, go main event of the evening. This is the people's main event. Yes. But as far as the card is concerned, it is the co-main event. Tony Ferguson taking on Benil Dariush. I don't know if I've ever well, – I have seen you more excited for a fight, but this is pretty close to being as excited as I've ever seen you. Benny Dariush at 24, Tony Ferguson at 25 and 5, Trey. Like I said, this is the people's main event. This is the fight that you and I have been looking for. Benil yeah. Dariush is at a stupidly overpriced minus 185. <laughs> Take it on Tony what? Ferguson at plus 160. One of the – one of the dumbest lines I've ever seen. Uh, plus, over on rounds is at two and a half. Such a stupid line. This whole fight is ass backwards. This makes me wonder what is happening in Las Vegas right now. Oh my god! No, they're smart, dude. This they is so get deeper. This is so dumb. Please, please, I'll let you go first. Go ahead, man. I have been so high on Benny Dariush for years, man. I know you are. And here's the thing. People want to talk, and I, I can't wait to hear your take on this whole thing. Tony Ferguson's fought the quality of competition. Dude, Benny Dariush has fought good quality of competition. Maybe not as of recent, but, dude, you forget. He fought, like, Michael Chiesa. He fought uh, the Michael Johnson's, Jim Miller's, Tiago Moises. Dude, he fought in his early years. He fought all these freaking, like, vets. 
don't tell me I forgot. I haven't gone yet. Don't tell me what I have and haven't forgotten. No, you're rolling your eyes, dude. Let me tell you this. Let me, you're let me just comparing. Up. You're comparing Tiago Moises to other people. Go ahead. Let's let's look at the human that is Benny Darius here. He's a guy that's got good boxing. Oh We've seen him KO the fuck out of people. He's got great wrestling, and he probably has the most underrated jiu-jitsu in the game. And I will say this. Everyone's going to talk about Charles Oliveira in the next fight and the great jiu-jitsu he's able to deploy. I'm telling you, if you thought that arm bar was gnarly on Tony Ferguson that, that Charles Oliveira had, wait till you see what Benny Darius can do on his back. Let's go to t- Tony Ferguson for a quick second. Dale, we're going to play a little game here, if you don't mind. Want to play a little I'll, game? I'll play your game. All right. I'm going to rattle play. off. Let's play a game. I'm going to tell you Tony Tony Ferguson's last three fights, and you're going to tell me what you would prefer to have. Okay? I think I understand the rules, but go ahead. Yes. Donald Cerrone, would you rather have his fighting style or his cowboy hat right now? I guess cowboy hat. Probably his cowboy hat, right? Because he's not I fighting very well. I guess that's, that's a weird parallel, but okay, go ahead. Keep going. Kevin Lee, would you rather be in his position from fighting or do you rather have his head tattoo? I'd like it. I'd like, I like his head tattoo. It's a good one. Yeah, there you go. And then Anthony Pettis, would you rather have a box of Wheaties or kind of take his PFL uh, performance? What three, do you realize that Tony Ferguson fought Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira recently, right? Right. But I'm picking, I'm picking three, dude. I'm picking three. Of his, of his high level vet vet fights, so I'm just oh, telling you. Dude, okay, oh, th- this is your game. I'll play along. This is my game, bro. What was it, Anthony Pettis? What was I picking? You, I'm sorry. Do you want to put Justin Gaethje into this mix? No, just go ahead. Just tell me what 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 was Anthony Pettis again? I'm sorry. That or the Wheaties box. That or the Wheaties box. I would love to be on a Wheaties box. Uh, there you go. Here's the thing: when you look at Tony Ferguson's quality competition, it is unparalleled, right? Benny Darius has fought just as good competition, I would believe, and he's fought people that are not on the decline of their career. Yes, absolutely. Dude. <laughs> Tony Ferguson has someone that, okay, we talk about vets all day long. Now, if this is in the Apex, I would fucking ride this even harder. Apex is the grounds to put the vets up to the MMA gods. I don't know if Houston, Texas is going to be that, but I will tell you this. Tony Ferguson had a moment. And you want to talk about Justin Gaethje? That moment happened in round, what was it, three or four of the Justin Gaethje fight where he got shook up so gnarly, he was shaking like a dog. He didn't know where he was. It was the Rory McDonald, where the fuck am I at this moment? It is a guy that is mentally unstable. He's lost his technique. You want to talk about his unorthodox, just craziness? This is a dude that is literally, I saw this somewhere, is sitting behind a sushi bar right now just waiting for someone to order an Iminari roll. I am telling you, this guy is out of his fucking mind. Benny Darius is on a war path. He's going to get this thing done. It's going to be in the. Di- it's going to be inside the distance. Just like I said last week with my freaking Carlton Harris play, I have one play on this entire card, and it is Benny Darius inside the distance, and it is a fucking lock. <laughs> All right, so I'll <laughs> I'll give you the Carlton Harris play. That was fantastic. There is so much to what you just said, though, that I'm going to try not to get rambly while I while I tear it apart. Um, <laughs> so I need I need to camp on a couple things, right? Okay. One, you attempting to argue that Benil Darius Darius has the same strength of schedule as Tony Ferguson? Yes, is the type of shit that will make us lose subscribers on YouTube. You can't say that. Diego Ferreira, 
Scott Holtzman, Dracar Close, and fucking Frank Camacho. <laughs> you know who those people aren't? Those people are not Charles Oliveira, who's fighting in the main event for the title. Justin Gaethje, uh, who was the interim champ. Donald Cerrone, who's fought for a title twice. Anthony Pettis, who was the champ. Kevin Lee, who fought for an interim belt. Rafael Dos Anjos, who was the 155 champ. And Lando Venata. They, they, it's not even... Trey, I love you, man. That's not even remotely close, dude. <laughs> just not even close. Those that quality of competition is just—I, dude. Again, with all due respect, I disagree with every every fucking part of that. It's is okay. Now, I like under two and a half. I agree with what you're saying there. I like that because I think that Tony Ferguson is going to come in like freaking Ipmon and he's going to be motivated as hell and he's going to be doing all kinds of crazy shit trying to get Benil Dariush with a suspect gas tank out of there. Your boy Benny Dariush is essentially like what would happen if if the Chad Ochocinco fight comes into play. He can give you like a he can give you like a good 8 minutes and then it's awful after that. If you have me fight Chad Ochocinco, I'm going to give you a good hard eight minutes, and then after that, things are going to get weird. That's what Benny Dariush does. He is, like, constantly in this state of, like, drunken master, wheezing, not sure whether or not his cardio is good, bad, what his output looks like. Even in the Scott Holtzman fight, did he get a walk-off KO by spinning elbow? Of course he did. But did he look good prior to that? Not particularly. Not particularly. They were both exhausted, and Darius through this really frustrated, like, I don't know, less calculated Yuri Prohaska, get the fuck away from me, elbow, and he happened to knock out knock out Hot Sauce Holtzy, but even then, Holtzy just kind of fell down because he was tired. He wasn't necessarily knocked out. He was like, oh, like when you push somebody onto a, onto a bed. He, didn't, he wasn't even, like, he wasn't even incoherent from it. Like, I just... I understand your point, right? I, I I get some of what you're saying. I think that the the jujitsu of these gentlemen may potentially cancel each other out, uh, but I can't. I don't see a world where Tony Ferguson loses three in a row when the when the capstone to that losing streak is Benil Dariush. I could be wrong, but I really don't feel like I am here. I think I think Tony Ferguson. If you look at the type of people he's beat, Benil Dariush is the type of people that Tony Ferguson beats. It just it just is. I think a thirty six year old, you know, dude with 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 you know salt and pepper hair and a suspect gas tank. Those are the type of dudes that this this version of Tony Ferguson is going to rip to smithereens, man. I think dude. I think he slices them up, bro. I think it's so, I, I I don't know. Dude, I don't, his last three wins were Cowboy Pettis and Kevin Lee. You cannot tell me that those guys are really good right now. I don't say they're good right now, but they that was that wasn't like that. It just happened last week. No, but that's the last time he won was back in yesteryear when they were actually viable. I don't see. I don't. I don't think so, you got, you're telling me. You're telling me that you're putting weight and you're putting your money on a guy that's lost because of the quality of competition. I'll put my weight on a guy that's on a winning streak, a guy that's got the momentum, the guy that is beyond well-rounded and very conservative in his game plan, coming from a great camp. The only thing I can say 
that is maybe your saving grace for Tony Ferguson is that he's training with Freddie Roach. But here's the thing, dude, with a Freddie Roach boxing, how did that work out for Ben Askren? You tell me right now. Because first of all, Ben Askren just took a payday. That was it. We can go ahead and cash that. Ben so maybe that's what Tony's doing, dude. Tony's lines is taking a payday. It's champ shit only. Here's what here's what I don't like about this, right? Is that you've got me defending Tony Ferguson. When if we go back and check the tape, I think I've probably bet against Tony Ferguson more times than I've ever bet on Tony Ferguson. Um, I was also very adamant that Gaethje was going to beat him. Um, um, I can't remember. I have to go back because we. I think we had Haley on the show whenever it was him versus uh, old Charlie Olives. And I think we were on Tony Ferguson then too. Um, so yeah. I, I, I'm not a big Tony Ferguson guy. And I do get a lot of shit from you and other people about hating on Benny Darius, but I actually like Benny Darius. I just think sometimes he's outclassed and outmatched. I think this is one of them. I think mm-hmm. this is one of them. Remember, initially, you were trying to get me to go on to Hot Sauce Holtzia in that last fight, and I went with Darius, and you were mad about it because you were trying to push me away from Gary or from Benny, and I was on him. I don't dislike I, I don't dislike Benil Darius. I just think that you're wrong here. I just think you're wrong. I think this line, minus 185 to plus 162 to 1 on your money almost, is stupid high. Stupid high. I will say I was very disappointed. I thought for sure Benny Darius was going to come in at plus money. I am shocked that Vegas said it that way. So you know yeah. why he should come in at plus money because he is the fucking underdog. Because Tony yeah. Ferguson should win this fight. Everyone sees the decline, dude. They see the erosion. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so hold on, we got to do the people's main event. Hold on, that's yeah. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. It's time. It is decided. It is decided. People's main event: Benil Darius versus Tony Ferguson. I'm on Team Tony. You are on Team Eggs and Benny. Eggs and Benny. All right, man. Let's get to the main event, and we got to fly through these prelims so that way you're not late. All right, main event of the evening: Michael Chandler taking on Charles Oliveira again in promotional history. This will be the tenth lightweight champ that has ever been crowned. Michael Chandler at a plus one hundred five. Charles Oliveira at minus money here, minus one thirty five. Over on around the two and a half here Trey who wins how do they get it done keep in mind Charles Oliveira is at 30 and 8 Michael Chandler is at 22 and 5 as far as professional records are concerned what do you think man I have gone back and forth on this 5,000 times um I'm gonna go with Charles Oliveira and it's weird. I actually thought I haven't even looked at the line on this. I was shocked that Chandler is actually a plus money because I feel like everyone out there, every analyst, uh, handicapper out there, is taking Michael Chandler. They're taking this guy that you know obviously came over from Bellator, who's a freaking ripped troll. He hits like a truck. He has outstanding wrestling. Charles Oliveira, I feel like people have always been a little bit down on him as to his entrance into the UFC, how he. Um, was just not mentally sound in his early fights, how he kind of just quit um, very early in his fights, but he's changed. He's evolved. We've seen that in his striking. He obviously has fantastic BJJ. Here's the only hesitancy I have with Charles Oliveira is when he fought Tony Ferguson, Tony Ferguson is a very lanky guy. And while he has great jiu-jitsu in Tony Ferguson, when you have lankier guys, it's much easier to 
try and snatch a leg, get a single, get an inside leg trip, get this thing to the ground with someone like Michael Chandler, who's very light on his feet, as we saw in the Dan Hooker fight, able to bounce around, move, move in and out, who's going to have really good takedown defense, have good wrestling up against the cage and hits like a truck. That's a really scary thing. I just think if Charles Oliveira can weather the first round, the first round he can wear down Michael Chandler and exercise some groundwork. I think that his striking and his length and reach is going to play dividends as it pays dividends as it gets into the later rounds as well. This thing's going to get bloody. It's going to get ugly. And I think it's going to get to the ground. And if it does, I'm always going to go with jujitsu. I know you and I, I'm jujitsu versus wrestling. So I know there's going to be some distinction there, but I do think that Charles Oliveira can get it done. I see this line getting much closer. I know it's gotten much closer in the past 24 hours. I'm going to go with Charles Oliveira at this moment. I'm going to say this, and this is at the risk of sounding some people hitting the casual alarm. I could not care less about this fight as a title fight. Ooh. Both of these guys are ruthlessly boring. Mm. Their personalities are that of a spork, really. It's it's lunchroom food. It does just enough to get you by, but you'd be pissed if you had to pay money for it. Like I, I, I just Michael Chandler, cool man. You, you're like a good wrestler. You seem like a wholesome dude. But I tried to watch Embedded last night, like yeah. the first episode of Embedded, and I fell asleep. <laughs> Those videos are only nine minutes long, and I fell asleep. Like Michael Chandler could not be more boring. He is like as a person, as as a fighter, he he can be exciting. As a human being, oh gosh, T's and P's to his friends, bro. He's ruthlessly boring. He doesn't seem like he he's, he doesn't seem funny at all. <laughs> it's just everything's scripted. I don't I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't I don't dig him. And then Charles Oliveira is I don't know. In my opinion, probably has the least. He probably has the weakest resume to earn a title shot in the lightweight division that I've ever seen. Like, if you look at who he's beat to earn a title shot in what has arguably been the shark tank of all shark tanks for the last 10, 15 years, he has a ludicrously weak record. (laughs) I'm serious. It's awful. Yes, he beat Tony Ferguson. But Kevin Lee, has Kevin Lee ever lived up to his potential? No. No. Then he, before that, he beat Jared Gordon. Come on, man. Come on. Nick Lentz. Oh, one of the Tamer brothers. Jim Miller. And you know I love me some A10, but come on, man. Jim Miller's not a path to a title. Christos Yagos and Clay Guida. Bro, if, if beating guys that fought and were decent 10 years ago is what it takes to get a title shot, come on, man. Come on, man. Dude, what the fuck? You just made this opposite argument for Tony Ferguson the white the, fl- the fight before. What are you talking about, dude? What are you talking? I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing for Tony Ferguson to get a title shot. I'm saying this. I'm saying beating guys like Jim Miller should not earn you a title shot. Beating the Jared. If if your if your fight three fights ago was Jared Gordon, you should not be fighting for a title. Fair. Especially when the, the fight that came after it was Kevin Lee. Come on. Jared Gordon, Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson title shot at lightweight, at lightweight. Yeah. Dude, when the RDAs are out there, when the Islam Makachevs are out there, right? Yeah. 
I mean, I just it's that's not a that's not a title shot thing. Now, boy, it is. People go, oh, he's got eight. he's got he got seven. He's got eight wins in a row. He's got a lot of finishes. Charles Oliveira's been around for a long time. Charles Oliveira, when he's back at featherweight, was getting fucking slept by everybody. Everybody. When he's doing that thing where he couldn't make weight, and then he bounced up to 155 and get beat. Then he got back down to 145 and make weight. And then he get beat again. Doing all kinds of shit. You want to talk about one of the funniest things ever. And I know you don't like Cub Swanson all that much. Watch when Cub Swanson knocks Charles Oliveira out. It's, mm. it's ludicrous. Cub hits him with the right hand. Charles Oliveira takes like a beat and a half, like maybe like maybe a full two seconds and goes, Oh, I don't feel so good. And then he just kind of lays down like he's all woozy, like he got shot in a bad action movie. Charles Oliveira ain't cut from that cloth, man. Under two and a half at a minus 160. Under two and a half at a minus 160. To be honest with you, truthfully, I don't give a shit who wins this fight, Trey. I don't. I don't. I don't care because realistically, and it pains me to say this. Gage. No, actually, it doesn't pay me to say this at all. Gaethje and Dustin should be fighting for the belt. For sure. That's who should be fighting for the lightweight belt. Connor should be relegated out of it, but Dustin wants the payday. Justin Gaethje should be fighting for a belt. Like you're the most recent person to fight the champ before the belt got vacated. You should be the one fighting for the belt again. You don't have to yeah. beat anybody else. It should be you fighting. Let these two fight to determine who fights Gaethje. That's just me saying that. As far as these two go, whoever it is next is getting fed to Justin Gaethje or the winner of Poirier versus Connor. Whoever wins this fight, enjoy your one-fight reign as the as the champ, a la Loyota Machida. Your era will be short-lived. You better hope you get hurt so that way you can extend your title reign even longer like freaking Aljamain Sterling because there is no way that you keep this belt longer than six months if you stay healthy because whoever you fight next is fucking you up. I know. That's just the simple truth of it. These guys are boring as shit. This sounds disrespectful. They're just boring as shit people, man. You're going to let Charles, you're not going to let, but Charles Oliveira wins a belt. He doesn't even speak English, man. Your primary market. Yeah, it'd be great to have a Brazilian champ again, but good luck marketing him to anybody. How do you uh, market? How do you Davis market? Davis and dude. They've been doing that just fine. They haven't marketed Davis and Figueredo at all. That's they don't what, market any champs, dude. They don't, that's, that was my next point. They don't market anybody. They don't market anybody, and they're definitely not going to do it against a champ that doesn't speak English. Oh, you could make this much more succinct and just say you you hate Charles Oliveira's nickname. I also hate his nickname. I hate Duke Bronx. I think that's stupid, too. I think his nickname's <laughs> stupid. I think Michael Chandler has weak ankles, and I think they're both boring. Under two and a half, I don't care. Hopefully, we get a fucking double knockout, and they have to rebook it six months from now. Done. Main card yeah. in the books. Gaethje murders whoever the, whoever wins this fight. Agree. Truthfully, truthfully, all due respect to Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. I wish them both the best of luck on Saturday night. Personally, I think personality wise, they're both boring, but they are both high level mixed martial artists. I wish them the best of skill. I think that probably Michael Chandler is going to win the fight. Wouldn't be surprised if Charles Oliveira wins it, but I do believe that Michael Chandler is going to win the fight. I do believe it happens under two and a half. All right. After yeah. that, after that, fucking Justin Gaethje, drunk Homer Simpson, murders whoever's next. Or Connor. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Here's a perfect world. Here's a perfect world. Dustin fights Connor. 
Connor wins, but Dustin bangs him up so bad that Connor has to take a long time off. Chandler murks Oliveira like in the first 30 seconds of the fight. Gaethje waiting in the wings. They book Gaethje versus Chandler. While Connor, while Connor's recovering, Gaethje murders Michael Chandler sometime around September. And then New Year's going into 2022, we get to see Justin Gaethje knock Conor McGregor's gigantic fucking Irish head right off of his shoulders. Ah, I love it. I love it. That's my 2021 wish. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So <laughs> our comment section is going to be brutal in you on YouTube this week. This guy's mm-hmm. a fucking idiot. You're yeah. so stupid. Smash right. that dislike button. Smash it. Fucking thumbs down it now already. Why don't you? All right. Let's run through these real quick. I'm not even going to pull the odds up, Trey. Let's just talk about the fights real quick. You I'll pull them up. You just you, go. You want to pull them up? You're I'm down? I'm, I'm fully. I'm ready to go. You sure? Yeah. All right. Well, I know you're under time constraint, dude. All right. Sean, Sean Soriano. There we go. Uh, taking on Christos Yagos. Yagos at 18 and 8. Let's talk shit on Christos Yagos. Here he is. 18 and 8. Taking on Sean Soriano. Soriano fought in the UFC back uh, probably when you were in high school. And now he's back. 14 and 6. Taking on Christos Yagos. Over and around is a two and a half. Soriano at a plus 180. Christos Yagos at a minus 210. I, I, I might sprinkle on Soriano here. He's got really good hands. He's crispy. He's crispy with these mitts, bro. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Yagos is going to have the wrestling, though, and the grappling. Um, he's super good at the scrambles. The problem, the little hesitancy I have is that's a way deep line for a guy that has zero cardio tank. Mm. In the later rounds, he opens himself up, and for someone that's a good wrestler and good in scrambles, totally sus- susceptible to being sub- uh, submitted. So Soriano, um, if he's able to weather the first round and you know deal with the up and down, I think that, yeah, he could start picking him apart in later rounds. I don't like this line. If it was a little bit closer to pick him, I'd go Giagos, but I'm going to go – I'm going to go Soriano too, dude. I think he picks him apart a little bit and he's able to squeak out a decision here. I think it's just – if you're looking at – again, we're trying to find value, trying to guys, just trying to find guys that will fight for your money. Plus 180 dog, so, uh, Sean Soriano is a good one. Like if you're just yeah. – I want a dog that's going to fight for my money to try to get the card started off right. Soriano's a good play. He's a good play. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. What do we got next? Kevin Aguilar taking on Tucker Lutz. Lutz at 11 and 1. Kevin Aguilar at 17 and 4. LFA in the house. Aguilar plus 100. Tucker Lutz at a minus 120. Trey, do they have it wrong here? Because I love Kevin Aguilar. I know, right? But on a three-fight losing skid, that's where that plus one hundred is coming from. Yeah, I know, but it's dude. It's he doesn't. As weird as it sounds, he looks good losing. Ah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trains with the Lando Venata on this card. Obviously, he's got good boxing in close quarters. He moves a tad slow. He doesn't like plod, but he's super heavy on his feet. He didn't look bad in the Dan Ige fight. Um, So you got him fighting killers. Yeah. he was able to negate a lot of the takedowns. So the one thing people are going to look at with Tucker Lutz coming from Dana White Contender Series is he's got a good wrestling base. He kind of explodes. He kind of bull rushes forward. He looks for those type of slams, those single legs over the shoulder, like almost like fireman carry. He's not a finisher. He's not exciting. He's going to lay the entire time. I think Kevin Aguilar is going to be a little more agile on his feet. He's going to utilize that boxing. 
And I just think, you know, Tucker Lutz in a bigger cage, if this was Apex, sure, maybe I could say, okay, I think Tucker gets thing by decision. But plus money on Kevin Aguilar coming off killers like Dan Ige, I'm taking that all day long. That's a plus 100 that I love. I think so too. I mean, I, I again, I talked about this earlier where you're talking about the weight of losses, right? Lost to Dan Ige, lost to Zabaira Tukagov, and lost to Charles Rosa. I really think of the three of those, Rosa is the only bad loss. Right. Tukagov showed himself to be a contender, a future contender. Ige, obviously a contender. Um, your three losses are against upper level people with the exception of Charles Rosa. I don't think Rosa is. I think realistically, it's the only bad loss on his record is the is the Rosa fight. I'm going to take him a plus 100 against Tucker Lutz. He's just more proven, been to the big show. Uh, under two and a half is, is spicy here too. Both of these guys are going to come out like a house on fire. Again, cannot discount the, the, the fact that fans will be in attendance. And if I'm not mistaken, is this a hometown fight for Aguilar? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay. I think he fights – I think he's a Texas fighter, if I'm not mistaken. This might be um, this might be a hometown fight for Aguilar. So I expect him as hometown as it gets. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. MMA heads says Soriano got subbed by a 15-11 fighter. A sub's a sub, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can grab it and pull on it, people will do certain things. <laughs> like not breathe. Like not breathe or tap out. All right. All right, dude. Gina Mazzani taking on Priscilla Cachoeira. Gina Mazzani at seven and four. Priscilla Cachoeira at nine and three. I need to ask you something about Gina Mazzani. Can I ask you this? Can we objectify for a second? Oh boy. All right. I'm ready. Hot is or she, not? Yeah. Is she? Moderate. <laughs> it's interesting, right? I don't I don't I don't yeah. get it. Because sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, she might be cute. And then other times you're like, no, that's not it. It's very weird. I don't want to objectify people here to talk about her skill and her ability to win a fight. Minus 220 is stupidly overpriced <laughs> for how, how salty her record is. That's not hot. Betting women's underdogs, Priscilla Cachoeira, not somebody I never thought I'd be really excited to bet on. Priscilla Cachoeira plus 185. I'm taking it, bro. I'm taking ah. it. This is a 50-50 fight. You cannot tell me otherwise. I'm taking a women's fight at 50-50. Give me Priscilla Cachoeira. I don't do I think Priscilla Cachoeira is gonna win this fight. I have no idea. But we said, I said, I will bet every women's underdog, and I'm cashing slips right now. You'd be foolish to not hop on the women's underdog train. If you aren't betting women's underdogs right now, I question whether or not you even like betting on fights. You need to bet women's underdogs because it's a 50-50 fight every time, man. Yeah. Come on, Priscilla. Priscilla. She looks like a Brazilian Waffle House waitress. Pris- Priscilla <laughs> Cachoeira. You might have something there. You got, you got an uh, orthodox versus southpaw. Uh, you know Priscilla's going to come in with a way better striking, so you know it's going to be wide open on one side. Gina Manzini, though, this is, this is the one thing that's freaking me out lately, dude. James Krause's fighters are fucking crushing it. You cannot deny that. Yeah, I mean, just can you say her last name right, though? Mazzani. Man, what did I say, Manzini? Yeah, Manzini. That's that's it's, like Linguini. Like, yeah, I mean, you make it sound like her family makes fireworks for a living. That's not it. It's it's Mazzani. It doesn't sound as uh, as like I don't know sophisticated. Okay, go ahead, keep going. <laughs> well, what is sophisticated about her is she's got a good wrestling base. She needs to control your arms, both left and right. This is the thing. 
Priscilla is going to light her up on the feet. But the thing is, she needs to slow this fight down. It's set so critically at two and a half. Priscilla is going to get slowed down. Gina's going to come in heavier. She's going to be able to wear you up against the cage. We have not seen Priscilla really work off her back. That's a fucking massive gun you're holding there, sir. And here's the thing. I'm extremely intimidated because I live in California and those things are like super outlawed here, bro. So I am not knowing where I'm going to go here. The only thing I'm going to say is I believe that this is going to go the distance. Gina Manzini is going to win this fight by over two and a half. She's going to slow this thing down. I cannot fade James Krause fighters right now. I refuse to do it. They're on a hot streak. And I just think Priscilla's coming into this fight, not with big show experience. Gina's been in the big show. 220's too gnarly. I hope it comes closer. But Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take uh well I'm gonna take Priscilla Catchware at plus one eighty five, but you take Gina at uh you're taking just over two and a half or by decision to get a better price on it. I don't know. You're holding that gun. What what do you want me to take, dude? Do you want my wallet? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I want all of it. I want yeah. all I'm trying to get our video flagged. All right. Jamie Pickett taking on Jordan Wright. I know you're excited about this fight. Both these guys uh with eleven wins on the record. Jamie Pickett has a has five losses. Jordan Wright has one. Um, the Beverly Hills Ninja is making his return. Jordan Wright, minus 115. Jamie Pickett, minus one and a half. We're essentially going to call this thing a pick em over on our rounds at one and a half. Again, another fight where I wish a double knockout could happen. I think, Trey, I think that Jordan Wright is going to get slept by Jamie Pickett. What do you think? I totally agree. Jordan yep. Wright has... Uh, I mean, something you're familiar with because he was sitting right behind you at the Ram FC. He's He's got that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson karate-style stance, dude. He kind of sits low, wide base, keeps his hands super low. And for someone like Jordan Wright, who's durable, coming off Dana White Contender Series, he's going to throw. He's not the heaviest-handed fighter, but he is a little bit more methodical. He's kind of sloppy. But I think that Jane, uh, that uh, Jordan Wright, when he engages, he is someone that's really susceptible to being hit. Keeps his head totally centered, doesn't move it left to right, doesn't bob and weave. So I think irregardless of the sloppiness mm. that happens, mm. dude, Jordan Wright's going to come in, throw these crazy haymakers, and Jordan, or, uh, yeah, Jordan Wright's not going to get off the line. So I like Jamie Pickett in this. I think that uh, this is a disgusting fight, though. Under, I'm going to go inside the distance. Let's just go inside the distance with this one. I, I agree with that. Do you notice how I pulled out my gun and every FBI agent that watched, that follows me logged onto the, the stream? We literally just got like 100 more viewers <laughs> on this live thing the moment that you pulled that out. Definitely not 100, but definitely more the moment the gun came out. So very interesting how that happens. Um, I pity the FBI. <laughs> I, I pity the FBI agent that watches me. Gosh, man, that guy, that guy that probably does not get paid enough. All right. This is, dude, I, man, we, we have so many fights to go through. We got to go faster. Uh, Andrea Lee taking on Antonina Shevchenko. I'm saying both of those names first because I want to say them correctly for you because I know you're going to say both of them wrong. Andrea Lee, 11 and 5, Antonina Shevchenko at 9 and 2, Trey. I love women's underdogs here, and I'm going to go with another women's underdog. Did you just pull a bat on me? Did you? Are you pulling weapons? Bro, 
Little tights, dude. This will fuck someone up if they come in my house. Oh, bro. Have you have you ever gotten cracked with one of those? Yeah. Man, it hurts, hurts, bro. Stings. It's got a little sting to it. Andrea Lee taking another women's underdog here, plus 105. Man, I think she's well-rounded, whereas Shevchenko's only good when things stay standing. Andrea Lee can get it done wherever she wants it. I just worry about her cardio a little bit, her susceptibility to being submitted. Shevchenko does have a little bit of a submission game. It's not great, but she does have it. Andrea Lee, plus money, women's underdog. I like betting. I like money. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Andrea Lee, to me, seems kind of like Caitlin Chikagan, dude. She's one that extends her combinations. It's not just a one-two. It's a one-two-three-four. And I think, you know, she, in in that extension, whether it gets to the three or the four, she ends up kind of being almost a counterpuncher. She kind of gets clipped. Shevchenko, I actually think she's going to be the more pure striker. And what I mean by that is she's going to have a little bit more weight behind those punches. I do think that Andrea Lee's ground game is beyond susceptible. I think that if it goes down there, Shevchenko, especially, you know, training with her sister, should be able to have a little bit more of that ground base. I think that Andrea is obviously going to have the range. Um, I think it plus money, her walking in with that cowboy hat in Houston, Texas, dude, she's going to feel like she's one of their own. That's her, her freaking background. But I do think Shevchenko is going to come in with a pure strike. And if she can close the distance and get inside that range that she's going to deploy, I think she can get this thing done. I do think that Shevchenko always gets a slight lean just because of her last name. And I don't like it. Andrea Lee is, is game at this plus one Oh five. I know you keep smiling. Cause I say Andrea, that's how we say it in California. It's not Andrea. That's so freaking backcountry, dude. Well, dude, we don't have those fancy broads in the rest of the world. You got all them fancy broads out there, man. I know. So I think it's a, it's a live dog and Andrea Lee. I'm going to go Shevchenko just be safe, but um, I don't think that either one of them is going to get out of there. Like most women's fight over two and a half. Over two and a half. Interesting. Interesting play. I, like I said, I'm taking in Andrea Lee. You almost got me to say it wrong. Dude, I put this, I put this bolt to the rear and I'm going to close it. And it's going to be loud. Um, all right. Let's see here. Mike Grundy taking on Lando Venata. Lando at 11 and five. Mike Grundy at 12 and two. I'm inclined to take Lando Venata, but I'm going to be honest with you, Trey. Listening back to previous episodes, I have never won money on Lando Venata. I feel like I bet him every time and he has yet to win me any money. I, I do believe that to be statistically accurate that every time I bet on Lando Venata, he loses. I do like wrestlers, as you know. I don't particularly love Mike Grundy's uh, cardio in comparison to Lando Venata, but I do... Man, I'm going to take Lando Venata again, Trey. I think he's faced a better quality competition. I think he's creative, and I I hate to, I hate to say it because it's not there's no science behind it. He's due for a W, man. He's due for a W. Can't, I think he's going to get one against Mike Grundy. It's so funny that you know now we're going to sold out stadiums because now I I mean from a betting perspective, I literally wish I could pick the arena, dude. If this was in the Apex, I would go so heavy on Mike Grundy. It would be stupid. Lando Venata does not have groundwork. He's dropping to 145 for the first time. Dropping to 145. We all know what Lando groovy Lando Venata does. Dude, he comes out of the gate firing, and then he literally conforms to the pace of the fighter he is fighting. Mike Grundy is a wrestling stud. We saw that in the Mazar Evilov fight. He can out wrestle you, he can wear on you. And Lando Venata, who starts to kind of decline in those later rounds, God, if this was in the apex, it would be no question. 
Mike Grundy sounds like he would be a wrestler. Absolutely. That's what he is. So I like Mike here. Doesn't even matter if we're in a bigger cage and we're surrounded by people and there's more space for Lando to, you know, exercise his output from a striking perspective. I think Mike's going to cut off the distance. He's going to cut the corners, get this up against the cage and just wrestle heavy Lando all night long. Mike Grundy sounds like a PE teacher. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a PE teacher's name. It does. Yeah. Like I got Mr. I got Mr. Grundy fifth period. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. It does. Yeah. All right. All right, man. How, how many more fights we got left? God, Last man. one, dude. Last one. All right, cool, man. Jacare Souza taking on Andre Muniz. Souza, Jacare, 26 and 9. Andre Muniz at 20 and 4. Battle of Brazilians here, man. Do we think that Jacare has a single centimeter of tread, excuse me, left on the tires? Oh, boy, dude. I mean, this is a. Uh... This is a perfect fight for him if he does. Okay, go. I'm letting you go first and top this off for us, baby. Oh, this is perfect. I'm gonna use one of my my, my catchphrases, dude. Okay. This is a grappler's wet dream, dude. Ooh, oh, okay, okay. It's so wet, dude. It's so wet. Fucking slip and slide. Oh wow. They both know they're scary there, so this is what makes me want nervous though. Both of them don't want to go to the ground, so they're both going to strike, and it's going to be fucking disgusting. Both these guys who do not have great striking are going to stand up because they're too scared to go down. Muniz keeps his hands low, which makes me super nervous. So I think that, dude, I just wonder, to your point, if Jacare is going to have the stamina to stand in the pocket and trade with Andre Muniz, who's going to have a significant reach advantage. I think that Jacare, if he can keep it conservative and – and chooses shots wisely and keep it slow. That's his best route to a victory. But there is a reason this is at a pick em. This is two guys that you're betting on their striking abilities more so than where their comfortability lies in grappling. I am going to take Andre Muniz. I hate the play, but Jacare looks like shit, dude, standing. And he, you know what? When you get knocked out like you did against Kevin Holland, I mean, there is not much to come back from. He's looking to make a statement to show that he's not in the yesteryear of vets going out like old Yeller. He needs to make a statement. He's going to come in a little bit overzealous. And Andre Man News knows this is a big step up for him in the fact that he needs a legend, quote unquote, name on his resume. He has nothing to lose. Souza does because it is almost like a pink slip. We've seen vets as of recently get clipped faster than anything on the planet. There's more to ride on Souza. Mooney's, dude. I can't believe that you're going with Andre. I'm going to be honest I don't with you. like it. I don't like it. You know Andre beat our boy. You're going against the opponent of our boy. Which boy? I have like seven boys. Uh, the only fighter sponsored by Punchless MMA Podcast. Taylor Tombstone Johnson. Andre beat him in Contender Series. Well, then he he beat the freaking in, most insane competition ever. It makes me want to go even more on Muniz. If you can beat Taylor Tombstone Johnson, then fuck, you might as well have a world title. Um, I agree with that, dude. I, I can't. I Taylor, can't. Taylor's going to make a fucking run. I will say that right now. He will make a run. If he didn't have a bad weight cut in his last fight, he would have fucking destroyed. And his last opponent is now on the rise, dude. Taylor is right there. I don't. I'm not arguing that at all. I just I, I can't find myself I can't find myself cheering or wanting to see the guy that beat Taylor win a fight. I can't do it. 
No, dude, that's like that's like the playoffs. You lose in the playoffs. Would you rather lose the team that wins the like the Stanley Cup, or would you like to lose the team that loses next round? That's true. That's true. I I, I can get on board with that. I don't know how that applies here, but I, I understand what you're saying. Because <laughs> uh, Andre Muniz is not going to win a world title. So if if I thought Andre Muniz was fighting for a world title soon, I'd say, oh yeah, Taylor lost to the guy that was a world that became the world champ. Sure, but this guy's not ever. Hot take, Honor Muniz will never be world champ in the UFC. I'm going to go ahead and call that now. I agree with that. I will go ahead and call that now. I'm just going to go ahead and put a fork in Andre's career. You are not winning a belt um, in the UFC. Andre, sure. prove, me, prove me wrong. Um, I want to see Jacare win this fight. I really do. I don't think he will, though. I'm just going to be honest with you. Just to, to your point, I think, I think you broke it down very well. I'm not going to piggyback and reiterate the things that you've already said. I don't think Jacare's got any tread left on the tires. I think he's Bellator and or retirement homebound. I think Andre, I think Andre beats him. He needs to beat him. I mean, a win over Bartosz Fabinski um, isn't exactly a precursor to say you're going to mop the floor with Jacare. But Jacare has just not shown himself to be the Jacare of old. I think Andre should and could and will win this fight. And Jacare goes the way of all legends here and uh, decides to part ways with the UFC, whether it be amicable or not. So I think we're done here. All right. There you go. You want to recap it? Let's do it. All right. Let's recap it real quick, playa. Then I'll let you, I'll cut you loose. Be a little sparrow. All right. Soriano versus Yagos. Going Soriano. I'm going to go Soriano too. Live dog money. Aguilar versus Tucker Lutz. Aguilar. I'm going to take Aguilar too. Again, plus money and hometown fight. Uh, Gina Mazzani versus Priscilla Cachoeira. Mm, don't like it, but I'm going to take Gina. I'm going to take Brazilian Waffle House waitress Priscilla Cachoeira mm. plus plus money. Jordan Wright, Jamie Pickett. I'm going Jamie Pickett. I'm going Jamie Pickett, but I really like just inside the distance for the fight. It's going to be heavy yeah. juice, probably in the minus 250 range, but inside the distance parlay piece. Andrea Lee, Antonina Shevchenko. Ah, God, another one I don't really like, but I'm going to go Shevchenko at this moment. And I want I'm to see what they come in at weigh-ins. Whoever is the underdog is who I'm going to bet on. As it stands right now, I will go Andrea Lee as of show taping, but depends on what we finish at. Whoever's underdog will see my money. Mike Grundy versus Lando Venata. Mike Grundy. I'm going to go groovy. One more time into the fray. Into the breach I go for Lando Venata. Mm-hmm. Andre Muniz, Jacques Ray Sosa. Andre Muniz. I'm going to go Muniz as well, but I don't like it because he beat Tombstone. Rogerio Bontarini versus Matt Schnell. Bontarini. I'm going to go Matt Schnell, and I like under two and a half more than anything else. This is also going to be essentially a hometown fight for Matt Schnell. I believe he's from Louisiana. Mm. Shane Burgos, Edson Barboza. Devastating lit kicks of Edson Barboza, dude. I'm going Shane Burgos. You and I are on a lot of opposite sides here. I know. Caitlin Chukagi and Vivian Arajal. Man, I'm going to go Arajal. I'm going Arajal, too. Women's underdogs, baby. Let's get it. Tony Ferguson and Benil Dariush in the People's Main Event. Biggest lock of the night inside the distance on Benny Ham and Eggs Dariush. Mm, I'm going Tony Ferguson and main event of the evening. The vacant UFC lightweight championship between Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. God, I'm going to take the Oli, dude. I'm going to go under two and a half, and I'm just going to go Michael Chandler, if nothing else, just out of sheer patriotism. Hmm. That's that's not fair. Oh, I don't, what are you going to do? 
to be honest with you, I've already said multiple times I don't like either one of these guys. So I can't, you can't uh, do that, dude, to me. Like, I, I can't you're right. I can't do that to you. It's not fair to do that to you. And to be honest with you, it's it's very poor. There's not even a whole lot of backing behind it because, like I said, I don't like either one of those guys. All right. You want to do top countries for last episode? Yeah. All right. United States, Canada, Australia, Germany, the United Kingdom, Spain, India, New Zealand, Sweden, and China. Mm. All right. So shout out to you if you are in one of those countries. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you guys. All right. The best way to support the show is by supporting the show sponsors. Go to EliteClothing.com, use promo code PUNCH, save 15% on the entire thing, or go to State Classic Meats, use promo code FIST, and save 10% off your entire order. Direct ranch table food. Um, doesn't get any better than that, man. And if you don't already do so, follow us on all social media channels at PunchlessMMA. If you like us, if you hate us, continue or uh, consider leaving us a review or telling somebody about the show. It's the best way to make the channel grow. Uh, iTunes reviews are always preferred i appreciate everybody that tunes into the show appreciate everybody that came out supported or bought the pay-per-view for ram fc and uh trey last but not least man i appreciate you mm, thanks man i appreciate you i appreciate all the listeners last piece i want to say this we have still not made it lateral to downloads versus who follow us on instagram go to punchless mma and follow us on instagram our plays will change we put out the plays we like the value plays we like the day of weigh-ins, we're mm-hmm. ready to go. If you're not following us on Instagram, you are truly missing out. Punchless MMA. I like this. I like this a lot. I like this a lot. Um, we do have some several guests coming up too. Uh, for those of you that are wondering where we're going to do guests, Drew's got a fight coming back up, so we'll have him on. Haley's getting ready to announce fight news, so we'll have her back on. And then Taylor's got fight news coming up as well, so we'll have him back on. So we got guests up coming. All right. We'll see everybody this week. Uh, talk to you on social media. And I'll talk to everybody on fight night. Trey and I will be around. And if I don't tell you anything else this week, be good to each other. Bang, bang. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.